This is Series 3, Episode 8 of Encounter Points. Next Encounter Points conversation. Here we are, have been talking about communications. Love always communicates, right. and kind of what the church and what uh, what the church has to say about communications, as well as what um, we as people who are involved in social communications, mm-hmm. uh, what our responsibilities are. And so, of course, we've had some great conversations about you know, some great reads and kind of uh, reflections upon uh, formal documents of the church. We've also had a little uh, bit about how art communicates and beauty communicates. Uh, And then now it's time to kind of, uh, we've also talked about saints as I think about it too. We've talked of course about the great St. Francis de Sales. So we thought, you know, St. Francis de Sales is patron of journalists and, So, of course, Bill, you have experience as a journalist, um, as a professional journalist, one who, like, actually got paid to scribble. Yes. Uh, And so, you know, this is a chance to have a conversation about the – not just the art but the vocation of journalism and the rights and responsibilities of the journalist in the context of this entire you know, conversation about about social communications and about what the church has to say and what we as practitioners have. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, let's get together and talk about these things. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. This is a kind of lighthearted, uplifting episode for me precisely because it does bring together uh, two of my great loves, uh, journalism and the church uh, with with faith and values and the wisdom that it provides and it it shows that this pursuit that we're on searching for values that that uh, apply to the ecology of how we communicate as uh, Christians as Catholics and simply as members of communities uh it's not just unique to us, right? That there, we are part of a much broader quest, and so it's humbling, in a sense, and it's also encouraging that this is this is a journey that's very much worth taking. Awesome. Well, to contextualize where we begin tonight, um, I think there was a recent piece in the Our Sunday Visitor right. that caught my eye. Of course, we planned these episodes, or at least the general outline of what we were going to discuss many months ago before we even kind of started our conversations. But then just in the last week, there's been this article in the Our, Our Sunday Visitor uh, that was entitled, Ethics and Media Meet at Catholic University Programs. Brian Fraga, the, uh, the journalist, writes about programs in training journalists at different Catholic universities around the United States. Mm-hmm. And of course... This plays right into what we were we were ready to discuss. Exactly. And again, it did my heart good because what uh, the newspaper story turned up was very 
reminiscent of the experiences I have had back in the 70s when I was first studying journalism myself at Fordham. And it it rings true today as the pursuit not just of a craft or of a uh, profit-making industry enterprise, but what can be seen and what should be seen as a vocation. So I loved seeing some of these quotes that reminded me of uh, the way I heard journalism described back then, especially since I think uh, you and I and and, and many, uh, Ken, would uh, say that uh, some of these uh, values are not top of mind uh, for a lot of journalists or journalism audiences uh, today, but they exist. I'm looking at the news article now, and for instance, there's a quote from Ansi Gardner, um, the uh, chair of the Department of Journalism and Media Studies at Marquette, who says, journalism, in my view, performs one of the most important functions in a democracy. And now, of course, that makes me think of just the the importance in Catholic wisdom that we be good citizens of heaven, but also good citizens of earth and good citizens of our nation, and that patriotism and contribution to the uh, good citizenship and uh, uh, civil functioning of society, uh, these are these are important goals as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I like that you pointed out there this idea that we're not just citizens of of earth, but we are citizens ultimately of heaven, right? Yes. I mean, the idea that we are pilgrims on our journey to the heavenly kingdom, right? that does not absolve us of responsibility towards our brothers and sisters right here who we live among, because part of what our job as Christians is to do is to be missionary disciples as well, yes. to actually model the values and the virtues of the Christian life in such a way that everyone around us sees and wants a part of that and sees our community life together as Christians and says, I want to be, I want, I want that joy, right? The old, the old song, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Right. Well, that means that we have to actually act virtuously within our our vocations, within the jobs that we do, right. within our community life, you know, when we're driving, when we're shopping at the grocery store, when we're typing away on the computers and interviewing people uh, for, for articles or whatever it may be, we have to act with virtue, with all of the virtues. And that includes acting ethically. And, uh, and so to read these, this article and see, you know, as you said, the, the head of the um, uh, or the professor and chairwoman of, of the Department of Journalism at Marquette, which, by the way, was one of the colleges that I applied to because I wanted to do journalism uh-huh. out of high school. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another one here from uh, Maureen Boyle, who's a, a program director in journalism at Stonehill College, uh-huh. um, in which she says journalists want to, quote, give a voice to the voiceless. They want to make sure that, that people yes. are not oppressed. They want to make sure people are treated fairly. Right. All of these are virtues of the... Um, the vocation of the journalist, 
that also correspond with what we heard in Intermorifica right. and in the you know ethics and journalism document from the Pontifical Council for Social Communications. And in uh, Pope Francis's uh, 2018 World Communications Day message Absolutely. where he talks about the responsibility of journalists to ask more questions and to ask more questions of the folks on the margins uh, so that we can get more understanding, more viewpoints of theirs uh, added to the equation of uh, fact-finding and truth-learning. And, of course, even the World Communications Day 2020 message, which was all about storytelling. Yes. Right? And storytelling. And you mentioned fake news in there and all these sorts of things that we hear about all the time in the media and in the meta discussion about media. Yes, um, exactly. Are all themes of of what it means to be an ethical journalist, what it means to be an ethical person, for that matter. Just whether or not you're paid to be a journalist – we still need to have these values as part of our lives. Oh, that's a very good point. And that's something else that Pope Francis wisely pointed out in the World Communications Day message, that we're all journalists now, in a sense, right. because we're all kind of gatekeepers as we uh, decide what news or what information or what opinions to carry in our Facebook uh, posts and uh, tweets, etc. What we choose to retweet, what we choose to broadcast ourselves. Exactly. To our own timelines. Yeah. Exactly. So it is encouraging that uh, if indeed the, uh, the the need for these values is as widespread as we're saying and kind of transcendent across uh, both the earthly plane and the heavenly plane, it's really neat to see what we have seen now in the research we've done besides this article from our Sunday visitor. Uh, I knew uh, from my past experience that a number of journalism organizations, secular journalism organizations, have uh, for a long, long time had codes of ethics. And, of course, uh, journalism programs uh, – also have uh, ethics courses. I think uh, what we're aiming for is through our search through uh, church documents, etc., is a deeper integration of the uh, uh, Christian values into the uh, pursuit of uh, uh, sound and good and useful communication that goes beyond just codes of ethics and, you know, check uh, a checklist of did I do this, did I do that. But by gum, this is a pretty good start uh, when uh, the Society of Professional Journalists, the Radio Television Digital News Association, the American Society of News Editors, uh, and more. Uh, these, these are just three that we printed out to, to look at more carefully. Uh, the, there is obviously uh, a shared aspiration for doing it right, for doing mm-hmm. journalism right, for for communicating uh, in a constructive, inclusive, fair way uh, that all of these organizations wound up exhibiting uh, in their uh, codes. So when we uh, Catholics uh, tried to uh, state our case for improving and renewing communication, perhaps at the uh, community level, the parish level, uh, the diocesan level, and in, in uh, community journalism, uh, we're not alone. Right, right. I love, so from the uh, RTDNA Code of Ethics, 
their in their guiding principles, kind of the opening statement on their on their statement, they say a couple of things that just absolutely jump out at me as as echoing the principles that we've talked about for the last number of of episodes. Ah. They say that um, uh, journalism's o- obligation is to the public. It places the public's interests ahead of commercial, political, and personal interests. Mm. I mean, so right there from the beginning, there's a disinterest, but there's a disinterest on behalf of the common good. Yes, is is what they're is what they're essentially saying here. Right. It goes on to say, ethical decision making should cover should occur at every step of the journalistic process. Mm. So it's not something as you said. You just at the end you check the check just to double check. Did I hit all the things I'm supposed to in order right. to say I, I was you know I, I met the code of ethics at the end as a checkbox? No, it it's something that accompanies you. The idea of these principles throughout the process. It should influence even what stories an editor chooses to pursue yeah, or assign. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then there's this from the pre from the principles that just my gosh, if this if this could be any more catholic then I'll eat my hat. Okay. Ethical decision making like writing, photography, design or anchoring requires skills that improve with study, diligence and practice. Isn't that beautiful? That's the very definition of forming virtue. Wow. Right? It's developing habits that reinforce themselves, that are positive, that make you better so that such that then when something, you know, a story jumps at you that you didn't anticipate or you weren't ready for, if you've developed these habits of acting with integrity and and fulfilling these principles, then your response is going to be habitual you're, and virtuous such that your story is going to be not driven by, you know, mind of, oh, this is going to play great or this is going to, you know, oh, increase our ratings. A, yeah. And, and get me to the front of the, you know, above the fold, whatever right? it may be, yes. because you're you are such a an ethical and virtuous journalist right. that it's part of who you are. It's in your DNA at that point. Yes, yes. That's the best use for a code of ethics, to kind of be not just a checklist, but a constantly present reminder of the habits that we should be forming. And Correct. We need, we need reminders like that in an information torrent world where we're constantly distracted and in a technological a time and in a ratings-driven, profit-driven industry like we have now. In a less than 24-hour news cycle. Amen, right. There the was rush a, to judgment. There was a day just recently when within an hour and seven minutes, the NBA canceled their season. The We went on lockdown for travel in the United States from Europe. Um, the All of the masses were canceled in the Archdiocese of Seattle. Um, Tom Hanks came down with coronavirus, right. as did his wife. The president spoke on television. All of these things happened. And, and I saw a tweet that just absolutely encapsulated everything and said, wow, this last hour has been a hard year. I love it. That's <laughs> great. Know, yeah. That reflects the situation of how fast everything has become yes. and how these stories just continually come at us yes. such that it can be an overwhelming torrent. And if we are not prepared by having formed virtuous habits uh, as a reporter, as a news consumer, whatever it may be, then we're not going to know how to respond and we're just going to, you know, panic. Ah, it's happening. Right. You know, and uh, my gosh. What yes. what a what what an insane 
um, time in which we live. Yes, yeah. And yet we can form habits to be able to respond and to be in a, in a place where we are able to sort through all of these things and see what is the narrative thread here? What is the important bit? What right. story is being told right here and right now? Yes. And the hour that you're describing was indeed filled with genuinely important, interesting, relevant news. The temptation comes when, because of ratings concerns, etc., uh, some media folks are tempted to try to make every hour of every newscast into that same exciting-sounding uh, torrent, but it but they are forced then uh, to fill it up with maybe a, a press release from some advocate agency that just uses a, a clever label to slam the opposing advocate agency, etc. Right, right. And so it's uh, and what's nice is that these codes of ethics anticipate that and uh, try to inform journalists to help them make that decision between what truly is that authentic, important news hour and what is uh, going to be a waste of time and a destructive use of time for the journalist and for the audience if it's, if it's just puffery that's right. pretending to be Something that news. can distract you from what it's the actual story is. Yes, and boy, I think we do suffer from, from that kind of uh, tendency toward distraction. Thank mm-hmm. gosh, thank God. You know, I can say thank God. Uh, you can right? on this podcast. Yes, yeah. very much. Yeah, because he's one of our sponsors. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, very good. <laughs> and uh, buy every one of his products, please, <laughs> That's uh, right. listeners. Yes, please. Uh, Shop early and often. <laughs> but no, the, the, the Code of Ethics really does um, uh, inform us on, on uh, how to uh, to make those decisions in a, in a, in a secular way world. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be explicitly uh, Catholic. It doesn't right. explicitly have to say God like I just did. Right. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, it makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's a, a judgment. Uh, it's drawing lines that need to be drawn, that we are responsible for as moral agents. And so, uh, so these codes of ethics are powerful uh, reflections of a broader natural law kind of aspiration that responsible journalists, responsible communicators do feel. Excellent. The You are a member of the Society of Professional Journalists. Yes. And so they, of course, also have a code of ethics. And, yeah. You know, we I was looking at, at theirs and, uh, again, built around four great principles. Uh, seek truth and report it, minimize harm, act independently, and be accountable and transparent. Um, these are the four major, major principles. Under that one of minimize harm, right. I was reading through this area and realizing that this is absolutely something that we've discussed, that we saw in Intermorifica, that we saw in, that we've seen discussed before, even by, by Pope Francis. The idea that um, journalists should, as it says, balance mm-hmm. the public's need for information against potential harm or discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, And then another point, to show compassion for those who may be affected by news coverage. The idea of being compassionate as a writer, as a journalist. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we think sometimes we on the the outside of the profession get the impression that that the journalist is this 
it's a clinical observation, you know, that they, that the journalist is writing this. I mean, really it's two extremes, right? Either they, they're there to make a point and they're muckraking or whatever, or they're clinically um, detached from what's going on there and there. And they're writing all of the facts of the story and giving us all the facts. Um, and, and therefore, um, you know, if they learn something, they have to print it. Right. Yet the code of ethics says otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And Pope Francis in that 2018 World Communications Day message is essentially leaving us uh, with a binary choice. You're either going to be compassionate and caring about people on a one-to-one, real, authentic, everyday basis, or you're going to slip into the the traps that so many uh, journalists and purveyors of information do now uh, you know a cheapening of the information flow, a manipulation of the information flow, and a weaponization of the information flow that hurts people, and the way that uh, the Pope uh, emphasizes that in the 2018 message is by closing that message with a rewrite, a reboot of the Peace Prayer of Saint Francis, right, where. Uh, he, he, it's a prayer for journalists and for journalism, and it's basically uh, saying, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And if uh, our listeners will recall that it's a beautiful litany of kind of aspirations to treat a person on a one-by-one basis uh, to, to meet every one of that person's needs. And so, yes, uh, it, without saying so, the Code of Ethics is calling for that same exact kind of compassion that's called for in the Franciscan Peace Prayer. In your experience as a journalist, did you ever perceive there being any conflict or, or um, difficulty as also being a faithful Catholic in the pew. Now, maybe maybe the beats you covered and the, and the stories you covered wouldn't have these sorts of natural, you know, potential. But but is there a time when a journalist can be called upon to report on something that might be in conflict with with their faith or or something like that? Can you can you speak to that? That's a good question. I I think uh, the Lord did spare me from any at least memorable, uh, concrete examples of that kind of inner uh, turmoil. Uh, uh, although, of course, in, uh, in covering any number of issues, I was very close to uh, issues that, that uh, you know, caused me great uh, concern as, as a Catholic. And I was surrounded by other journalists uh, who probably were dealing with more uh, more of a conflict uh, uh, potential because they were writing for the secular uh, daily newspapers, for instance, or for broadcast uh, uh, to the general audience, whereas I uh, moved more toward the professional uh, journalism, uh, professional coverage uh, of, uh, uh, you know, the sciences and business uh, news. Sure. And so uh, it was a little bit more just the facts, ma'am, uh, whereas uh, the things that would have caused me the most turmoil would have been the kinds of things we we were talking about earlier, where uh, you know the the the, the mix of facts uh, can lead to 
uh, weaponization and uh, different different emotional responses to to the news uh, that that really I was steering clear of. Sure. I was trying to just uh, stay to the who, what, when, where, and why. And that that is a way that I think can be true uh, to Catholic values as well as uh, journalism uh, vocational values and indeed can be true in the Catholic press as well as in the secular press. Um, there's a real role for telling the facts transparently and uh, openly uh, even when the church is making some mistakes and uh, that I can honestly say that that would not uh, bother me I'd like to think uh, to, to be to be stating uh, stories like that it would sadden me sure and it would probably sadden most Catholics uh, to hear a lot of the, the news that we may already have digested with some pain in the last few years but it's still um, it's still a, a proper exercise of what's in the the code of ethics and what is part of the aspirations of of Pope Francis for uh, journalism etc uh, we, we can't hide the bad news um, and I think Pope uh, Francis has said that in a World Communications Day message as well. But he, but uh, Pope John Paul, uh, I think, also wisely said in his message to artists, "Don't go, don't go looking for uh, negative portrayals of reality and uh, instances that uh, counter, run counter to the uh, goal of beauty and truth." in your storytelling, either in words or in art or whatever. So uh, that's it's a balancing act. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to put links to these codes of ethics in the show notes so that people can read them. Great. Uh, but before I say that, uh, is, there, is there anything else, any other points that you wanted to make as part of this before we, before we wrap up? Mm. I, I think not. Uh, okay. we're, uh, basically, I just wanted to uh, use this episode as a reminder that uh, in in the pursuit that we and our listeners are conducting uh, toward a uh, greater awareness of communications ecology and a wise use of uh, communications ecology at the uh, local level, parish level, uh, jur journalism level, social media level. Um, we're not alone. The, uh, the, uh, w w it's a wonderful form of evangelization, but there's lots of secular, um, non-affiliated uh, uh, professionals who have been thinking about this for a long time who can be our natural allies in searching for uh, the the best of information flows uh, that that actually do recognize a common good, and that we can be that we can help these colleagues, these fellow travelers, on this uh, journey of we'd call it faith, but at the very least, it's a it's a journey of aspiration for uh, truth and. Um, uh, as we were saying, good citizenship. Yeah. Uh, many, many good, many good values are there in so many people, and we just need to be talking about them again, 
and recognizing them, honoring them, this, these codes of ethics are a start. Wonderful. Well, we will put links to these codes of ethics in the show notes so that you can investigate and, and see what journalists have to say to one another about, about their vocations, about the work that they do. And uh, we'll look forward to yet another conversation next week. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's chat. You can subscribe to hear future episodes at our website, EncounterPoints.com. Our theme music is Leaves by Airtone, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We hope to encounter you in the next episode of EncounterPoints. Points.